Dr. Baligai here. This podcast is on cancer risk from an outstanding chapter authored by Dr. Galina Salem and Dr. Bhuvna Ramaswamy, both from the Ohio State University James Cancer Center. Dr. Ramaswamy is Associate Professor and Medical Oncologist. She is the head of the Breast Cancer Group at the James Cancer Center. This outstanding chapter on cancer risk is published in Dr. Balaga's textbook of internal medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, cancer is the second most common cause of death in the U.S., superseded only by cardiovascular disease. In the U.S., one in four people will die of cancer, In 2011, approximately 572,000 Americans were projected to succumb to cancer. It has been speculated that approximately 50% of the cancers in the U.S. could be prevented. The primary objective of this podcast is to familiarize healthcare personnel with known risk factors for various types of cancers and be able to educate patients and therefore contribute to cancer prevention. Whenever risk is discussed, it's expressed in terms of absolute risk and relative risk. Absolute risk is the actual number of people in a given population who develop a disease over a certain period of time. For example, we may conduct a study of 150-year-old men to determine how many of them will develop prostate cancer over the next 30 years. If we follow these men for 30 years and find that 15 develop cancer by age 80, we can calculate the absolute risk for the average 50-year-old man to be 15 by 100, which is 15%. Relative risk is the ratio of the absolute risk of one group to the absolute risk of another group, which is essentially the ratio of two absolute risks. For example, absolute risk of lung cancer in smokers to the absolute risk of lung cancer in non-smokers. A relative risk of 10 means that an individual who is a smoker living in New York has a risk of getting lung cancer 10 times that of a non-smoker. The relative risk of 1 means that that smoking does not seem to affect the chance of getting lung cancer. When we educate our patients about their individual risk, we usually extrapolate this from epidemiological studies of groups of individuals with similar characteristics. Risk factors can be further subdivided into unmodifiable risk factors and modifiable risk factors. Unmodifiable risk factors, as the name suggests, are factors which cannot be altered by behavioral modification. And these include age, gender, ethnic background, hereditary cancer syndromes, and family history. It is the modifiable risk factors that can make a significant impact on cancer risk and therefore a change in lifestyle can have a role in cancer prevention. Modifiable risk factors include diets such as decreasing saturated and trans fatty intake, increasing servings of vegetables and fruits, increasing fiber and whole grains in the diet. Obesity is another modifiable risk factors, alcohol consumption, tobacco use, physical activity, safe sex practices, sun exposure, 
and exogenous estrogens and androgens are additional modifiable risk factors. Breast cancer. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in women worldwide and second only to lung cancer as the cause of death among women. One in eight women will develop invasive breast cancer over her lifetime. With the introduction of mammography, the number of breast cancers diagnosed rose steadily. However, in the past decade, the incidence has finally leveled off and begun to decrease. For no other cancer have risk factors been so well established as they have been in breast cancer. And these risk factors are known to be associated with increased relative risk of breast cancer. Gender and age are the two most prominent risk factors for breast cancer development. Women are 100 times more likely than men to be diagnosed with breast cancer. Other risk factors include estrogen exposure, parity, naliparous women are more likely than multiparous women, early menarche, late menopause, hormone replacement therapy, late age of the first live birth, breastfeeding, and obesity. Family history, especially uh, first-degree relatives with breast cancer, there's increased risk. Genetic mutations such as BRCA1 and BRCA2 mutations. Race and ethnic backgrounds. Caucasians are more likely to have breast cancers than blacks, who in turn are more likely to have increased risk compared to Hispanics and in Ashkenazi Jews. Benign breast disease, carcinoma in situ is, is, is more likely than proliferative disease with atypia to cause it result in breast cancer. Other risk factors for breast cancer include ionizing radiation and lifestyle. There are several risk assessment tools utilized to objectively assess an individual risk for developing breast cancer. The GAIL model, that is G-A-I-L, is one such tool used frequently by internists and genetic counselors. This model calculates risk by incorporating seven known risk factors, including age, age of menarche, age at the time of first birth, family history, previous breast biopsies, biopsy showing atypical hyperplasia, and race and ethnicity. Increased surveillance and chemopreventive measures, such as use of tamoxifen and raloxifen, the latter is a selective estrogen receptor modulator, is often utilized in women with high GAIL model scores. Studies have shown a decrease in the relative risk of estrogen, prostrogen receptor positive invasive breast cancer development with the use of tamoxifen administered for five-year durations. In conclusion, breast cancer is most common cancer in women. One-eighth of the women will develop breast cancer over their lifetime. Prostate cancer. While breast cancer is the most common cancer among women, prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men. One in six men will develop prostate cancer over their lifetime. The incidence of prostate cancer increased dramatically over the past two de decades, secondary to the widespread use of PSA screening. Prostate cancer mortality over the same period has remained nearly the same, with a small decrease 
in recent years. It is well accepted that many men are overtreated for prostate cancer and were not destined to die of this common disease. Strategies to decrease overtreatment include increasing the proportion of men who undergo a program of active surveillance and delayed therapy if required rather than treatment. Advanced age is a risk factor for prostate cancer. Prostate cancer in men younger than age 40 is rare. Prostate cancer incidence is much higher among African Americans and compared to Caucasians. In addition to high incidence, African American men also tend to present at an earlier age and often with a more aggressive disease that is a high, higher PSA, a higher Gleason score and stage. The lowest incidence is observed among Asians. The relative contribution of environment and genetics is unclear. A diet high in animal fat increases the risk, while a diet high in fruits and vegetables decreases the risk of prostate cancer. Various other factors have been studied in prostate cancer. Note of caution regarding vitamin supplementation and cancer must be made given recent information on vitamin E and selenium. The SELECT trial, that is selenium and vitamin E cancer prevention trial, one of the largest prostate cancer prevention trials showed a statistically significant increase in prostate cancer in the vitamin E arm and an increase in number of diabetes in men taking selenium-only arm. The risk of prostate cancer is increased two to threefold if a man has a positive family history. It is twofold higher with one first degree relative, fivefold higher with two first degree relatives, and tenfold higher with three first degree relatives, suggesting a strong genetic association. This risk can be further increased if family members are diagnosed at a younger age. Also, mutations in BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes increase the risk of prostatic adenocarcinoma. Similar to estrogens in breast cancer, androgens play a key role in prostate carcinogenesis. Prostate cancer rarely develops in castrated males. Exogenous intake of androgens via injections, creams or patches can lead to an increased risk of prostate cancer. The prostate cancer prevention trial utilizing 5-alpha reductase inhibitor finasteride to prevent prostate cancer showed a 25% reduction in the prostate cancer group treated with finasteride with no difference in survival among the two groups. In a nutshell, the risk factors for prostate adenocarcinoma include age, racial and ethnic background, family history, diet and androgen levels. Lung cancer is the most common cause of cancer mortality in both genders. The incidence of lung cancer is high, second only to prostate cancer in men and breast cancer in women. Epidemiological studies have shown a significant decline in lung cancer incidence among men and only recently declining rates among women in whom previously for a long time there had been a sustained increase. The prognosis for lung cancer is dismal with an estimated 5-year survival for all stages of lung cancer being approximately 15% related to most patients being diagnosed with advanced disease upon initial presentation. Smoking is by far the single most important risk factor for development of lung cancer. 
and accounts for 85 to 90 percent of all cases. The first Surgeon General warning on cigarette smoking in 1964 pointed to a causal relationship between cigarette smoking and lung cancer. The relative risk is proportional to the duration of smoking as well as the number of cigarettes smoked per day. Therefore, doubling the number of cigarettes smoked per day doubles the risk of lung cancer. Tripling the duration of smoking increases the risk of lung cancer hundredfold. Smoking cessation clearly decreases the lifetime risk of lung cancer. However, the risk never becomes that of a non-smoker, though by 15 years after stopping, the relative risk is approximately 1.5. Pipe and cigar smoking also increase the risk of lung cancer, although the risk is not as high as with cigarette smoking. Exposure to secondhand smoke has also been shown to increase the risk for lung cancer. Laws banning smoking in public places have been put forth in many countries, attempting to protect the general public from the health effects of secondhand smoke. Occupational and environmental exposure to a number of chemicals have been associated with an increased risk of lung cancer. Asbestos exposure is one of the most well-recognized by many as well as its relationship to the development of mesothelioma. The risk of lung cancer associated with asbestos is multiplicative when combined with smoking. Additional industrial and mining exposures can result in increased risk of lung cancer and these agents include arsenic, radon, polycyclic hydrocarbons, chromium, uranium, nickel, cadmium, mustard gas, chloromethyl ether, vinyl chloride and diesel exhaust. In recent years, radon has received much attention as it has been estimated that up to 10% of lung cancer have been linked to radon exposure. The EPA estimates that approximately 30,000 cases of lung cancer per year are related to radon exposure. Radon is a radioactive gas released from the normal decay of uranium, thorium and radium in rocks, soils and groundwater. Radon was initially determined to be a lung carcinogen when elevated levels of lung cancer were seen in uranium miners on the Colorado Plateau. Similar to asbestos exposure, radon and smoking are multiplicative risk factors for lung cancer. Approximately 1 in 15 US homes are estimated to have radon levels at or above the recommended level determined by the Environmental Protection Agency. Testing the home for radon level is practiced in certain states as indoor radon levels are affected by soil composition under and around the house, the ease with which odorless, colorless radon gas enters the house. This risk is higher in smokers. Genetic factors seem to play a role in lung cancer incidence. Individuals with a family history of lung cancer in first degree relatives are at an increased risk of cancer development. This may in part be related to carcinogen metabolism. Some evidence suggests that an individual with a specific genetic polymorphism involving the P450 genes have an increased capacity to metabolize procarcinogens from cigarette smoke and therefore increase greater risk of lung cancer. Recent data suggests that germline mutations with the epidermal growth factor 
receptor that is EGFR at position T790M, a mutation typically associated with tyrosine kinase inhibitor resistance may lead to a heritable sensitivity to lung cancer. Individuals who have undergone radiation therapy to the chest wall to treat other medical conditions such as lymphoma or breast cancer are at increased risk for lung cancer development. Benign lung conditions such as pulmonary fibrosis, COPD, TB, alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency and chronic lung inflammation have been associated with an increased risk of lung cancer development, particularly when seen with other risk factors discussed above. Chemopreventive trials evaluating beta-carotene, cis-retinoic acid, and selenium supplementation, although promising in preclinical models, showed that long-term use of dietary supplements actually increased lung cancer risk in the case of beta-carotene, especially in smokers, and provided no protection for ex-smokers. So in summary, Lung cancer is deadly with an estimated 5-year survival for all stages being a dismal 15%. It is the most preventable cancer and thus quitting smoking is the key. This is the first podcast on cancer risk. More in the next podcast. This podcast is derived from an outstanding chapter on cancer risk authored by Drs. Galena Salem and Dr. Bhuvna Ramaswamy, both faculty at The Ohio State University and the James Cancer Center. The chapter is published in Baliga's Textbook of Internal Medicine, available at www.mastermedfacts.com.